Good evening. Hey, Ben. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing okay. I am a little tired, but I can manage. I'm a little tired too, but that's okay. It's only 8:04 p.m. Yeah, so we have no excuse. Um, we're here to talk about Blaze today. Absolutely. Tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, Blaze. Uh, the new movie about Blaze Foley, directed by Ethan Hawke, uh, starring Ben Dickey. So I guess I'll describe it. Blaze is a it's a biopic, but it's it kind of strays from like the typical um, music biopic narrative. Um, in an interview, Neith, uh, Ethan Hawke rather uh, talked about how he um, met a lot of musicians in his life, has met and has known a lot of musicians, and about ninety percent of them has have been faced with indifference uh, rather than fame. Uh, but at the same time, most biopics are are made about super famous people. You look, you look at the ones of recently, Ray Charles, Johnny Cash, uh, there's one with Freddie Mercury and uh, Elton John. All these guys are, you know, world's uh, famous stars. Blaze Foley is kind of a, not a household name by any means. So it's kind of interesting to uh, to go and make a movie about someone that didn't really make it in his lifetime or really at all for that matter. I think he's definitely getting some recognition with this movie, but Blaze Foley was a uh, outlaw country musician from Texas that never really uh, made any money in his life. He uh, worked with a lot of uh, people who did, Willie Nelson and uh, Merle Haggard, Towns Van Zant, and he was a legend in their eyes and in a lot of people who heard him, but not in the world's eyes. So I think it was a uh, I think this movie did him justice. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I had never, um, I never heard of him before, before this movie, um, and so, yeah, it was just. Um, I mean, it, to me, it could have, it could have honestly not even been a biopic, and I would have had no idea. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that, um, I mean, it was, a, it's a great story, uh, for sure, and, and it, it, I, it did make me want to listen to, to his music, uh, even though it's not really the kind of music I normally would even listen to, but. Um, it made me kind of interested in that, so I think you know that's a testament to to what it does and um, and stuff like that too. Um, I think it's a uh, important to say that Ben Dickey, who stars as Blaze Foley, um, and Blaze Foley was a, was a large, um, imposing man with a big beard or a mustache, um, and he walked with a limp. And he's kind of just a, an interesting character just to look at, let alone listen to. And um, you know, this is a big, literally big boots to fill. And Ben Dickey actually was, um, this is his first ever time acting um, in anything. Wow. He's, never, he's, just, he's just a musician um, normally. But um, he was friends with Ethan Hawke, and I guess they were sitting around one night um, late into the evening after some drinks, and uh, Ben Dickey started playing Clay Pigeons on the guitar, which is like um, probably Blaze's most famous song. And Ethan said, you know, you should play Blaze in a movie. And then Ethan was like, oh, maybe I should make the movie. <laughs> so eventually they got around to it. But I think for a first-time actor, this is like, you know, a knockout performance yeah, for, for even a professional it. actor. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I had no idea that he, I mean, I'd never seen him in anything else before, obviously, but um, I had no idea that he was, he was so new and uh, just a musician. Um, I, I, thought he, I thought he killed it. Um, and really, like, I mean, that was what sold it to me was, was him in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, and th- like, cause this, I, what I was, the main thing, I didn't think I was, this is a movie I was going to like, um, like five, 10 minutes in, I was like, Oh no, I'm going to have to come in and tell Seth I didn't like it. Oh, really? And it was going to be this whole thing. Um, because I tend not to like like real slow, sure. slow moving movies. I like these like kind of big fast paced things. 
Um, and I was nervous that I wasn't going to like it. But then, like, I just, just his, like, I don't, like, charisma, I guess. Like, he was really enjoyable mm-hmm. to watch. Um, and him and, um, what's her name? Alia Shawkat. Yeah. I, their chemistry was what, like, really um, sold that for me. Like, I really bought into the, to the romance. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, I think. Maybe. No, no, but, not at all. But I thought that like the their romance and stuff uh, in the movie was was the the most influential part for me um, personally, and I thought that like even though it wasn't the style of movie that I'm really super into, like they really sold it for me. Yeah, I mean it was definitely an art film. I think that's what you're yeah. maybe referring to, and you're more into, um, you know, like you said, big, big, fast movies. Well, not even necessarily big, but you know, sure. like something that's. Um, you know, just fast paced, uh-huh. uh, just because I, I get kind of bored. Um, and yeah. but I thought that like it really reflected um, his lifestyle, and even like the whole thing felt like kind of like a folk song. And, yeah. Like, that, I mean, I think that's the point, and mm-hmm. um, and that like really felt like a deliberate choice to to make the movie that way, mm-hmm. um, where you could have done it like a traditional biopic, or you could have you know it could have just been another one like that. But he really it was really a specific style that really fit. Mm-hmm. with that and I think that's why I was able to really enjoy kind of like a slower movie like that um, because it like made sense to be that way mm-hmm. yeah I agree um, I also agree just to, to back up a little bit to um, Alia Shawkat who plays Sybil Rosen who's uh, plays Foley's lover uh, well wife actually and mm-hmm. then they later divorced but they they were they lived together in a, a tree house in Texas or was it was it Tennessee I think it was Tennessee maybe uh, yeah, um, it was something like that but yeah and then they went to Austin later so Blaze can get make him try to make it as a songwriter but yeah they say you know Alia a, a large part of the movie is um, Sybil and Blaze Alia Shawkat Ben Dickey uh, living in this tree house and the, and you're right I mean the, you have to have a a romance that makes sense, and I think what you're saying, we use the word charisma, but I think it's like a naturalness. Yeah, I that like even though it's slow moving a little bit, like the natural, it's so true to life that it's yeah. like it's um, captivating in its own way. It felt like those characters would move slowly and at that pace, so it kind of um, and like it, it felt very much like those characters would would be were very real and and, and that sense too. Um, yeah, and I, just to go also back to what you said, it felt like a folk song. I think that to really get that. Um, feel what that what they did with the narrative structure was it was a non-linear uh, structure yeah i always love that too and it was e- but it was still easy to follow because it was anchored by the um that concert that he was recording so like the whole movie it has this one common thread that's this that this concert that blaze is playing um at the a place called the outhouse and um as the movie goes on he'll start to play a song uh, at the show and then that song will kind of lead into the next scene um, which will go back to another part of Blaze's life or go f- forward in his life to show you where he was or where he's going so it's like they have the whole movie is based on you know him him playing his music which is genius because it allows you to actually hear him play full songs too which I think is important in, bi- in music biopics and I also think it's hugely important to um, have the person who's playing the um, you know the musician in question to actually play or sing the music and and Ben Dickey does both which I think it you have to do that to capture a part of the magic and even though he didn't do a straight on um, impersonation of Blaze he more did it like a you know what's the word he kind of uh, took his essence but he yeah. didn't really just kind of try to play a straight up impression of him which I liked too yeah well I thought I really liked the the nonlinear structure 
uh, uh, to it. I thought that it was cool that it wasn't like it. It felt like it was nonlinear for a reason. Um, versus some. Sometimes I feel like there are some movies that are do it. This is a hot take, but I think Dunkirk, hot take, is kind of uh, nonlinear for like kind of no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, versus this, I felt like it really it really worked. Um, it, to do it that way. Um, and like like you were mentioning with the songs, and you could kind of go back to like he's playing the song, and then uh, the period in his life what what that song's about, and um, like kind of how he ended up writing that the, that song. And I thought that that was really really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know you could have just told the story in a linear format, and and it would have been just okay. But like to bring it up to being a really really great movie like it is, um, I think you, it's something kind of special and different. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this like one of the main characters I think that you could argue in the movie is is Towns Van Zant, who is played by um, Charlie Sexton, who oh, also yeah. is not an actor. Um, he's a he may have done some acting in the past a little bit, but he's a guitarist and has actually was, has been Bob Dylan's uh, touring guitarist for years. Um, so he has that musical background too. But Towns was a huge force in Blaze's life and also a legend in the. Um, particularly the Austin music scene, but just in folk and country and in general. And I think that he was also really well played by Charlie Sexton. Um, and just to go further with that whole idea of like, you know, let's make a movie with actual musicians. Cause I think musicians are in, in touch with um, what it is to be an actor anyways, or just as a performer. Um, so I thought that was, that was brilliant by Ethan Hawke. And also I loved how Ethan Hawke was actually the interviewer. Did yeah. you notice that? I, I, I saw that afterwards when I was like looking up to make sure I knew who the cast was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shoot, like I, I should have totally, totally easily it. noticed that. You never see um, his face, but. Yeah, and I, that's, that's really cool. Like, I like, it's kind of fun. That's stuff like that. That's and really that was like the fun. other, yeah, that, uh, I like that he threw himself in there. He probably couldn't resist. But um, I also like that other, like, kind of anchor to the, the, the non linear structure was um, the interview that was being conducted mm-hmm. um, with Towns Van Zandt, which kind of also gave it more like a mythical quality because he was obviously lying about some of the things yeah. that happened in Blaze's life. But like that's kind of like the nature of folk music yeah, and we don't country music is like you build this, this mythology around mm-hmm. these artists, and even though it's probably not true, all of it, you know, it just, you kind of just say like, well, it's okay, that's not true because they were, they had like this mythic quality to them. Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't know if any of that was actually even happened yeah, or whatever. Right. And I, I thought like it felt like a story, like a, a, a crazy, awesome story. And, um, and yeah, I like the way that he, he told that, um, to kind of, it showed that like blaze had an impact on people, mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of how he was living on, um, and stuff like that, how he was kind of this legend, um, which was kind of like a big theme in the movie, I thought. So it was it was a good way to kind of show that, I thought, by telling that story, having someone else kind of tell his story. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that too. And you have that other musician who's kind of like giving Towns a side eye every time he, yeah. he lies, which you like, so you know that kind of Towns is making up this like tall tale, but you like you like his version better than like yeah. the straight up version. It doesn't it doesn't matter what the real version is. I mean, you have that. Um, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. I also think it was um, important. Um, that they didn't shy away from like Blaze's bad side though too yeah, because I, I think like agree. a lot of times um, in biopics it's either like the bad stuff is either glossed over and made them look to be like you know saints or they're painted in, in like a extreme sensational negative light for like their small foibles and mishaps and I think that Blaze's were he was like very human and like knew that he was an addict and a drinker um, but he was a sweet man, and I think that they really like captured all of his um, 
his color brilliant, brilliantly in that aspect by not shying away from the the darker parts of his life. I mean, he was a real person. Like right. they, I mean, they sh- and they they made him seem like a real person. It wasn't like some character who was kind of one dimensional, like you were just saying. But like, he really, um, yeah, it felt like he could be like that version of him that we saw on the screen could be the real person. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, and not to like, um, you know, put down Elton John. I love Elton <laughs> John. Um, but like this new biopic that's coming out about him, I just watched a trailer the other day, and like they have him like at one point he's singing like Rocket Man, and he like like yeah. is like glowing, and he like levitates off the piano seat and everything, and that's cool. Like I'm I'm gonna watch that movie too, yeah. and probably love it. But like you know he's got there's this like epic kind of quality to it. But like Blaze, is, they'd rather show him like you know drunk and dirty like laying in a bathtub than yeah. like or, you know levitating or something. So like I think it was really like. Man, like this guy had a, it was a tragic story too. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was another the aspect of it being like a folk song. Like, the man had a really shitty life, yeah. unfortunately. And and and, and like you know, spoiler alert, obviously. But um, at the end, you know, Blaze gets shot trying to defend um, a friend. You know, and it was just an unjust way to die. Didn't deserve it. No one deserves that. But um, it just goes to show, like you know, he didn't try to just like right off into the sunset or find another job and settle down like he just had a hard life all the way through and th- I think they handled that really well too with like the, man, the the death scene at the end it was hard but it was good yeah I mean I definitely think like the, the tragedy of it was what kind of made it interesting like it, I mean you know the the big a big rise to fame and like it wasn't all like linear mm-hmm. also like he uh, in the sense of like he didn't just like go up and up and up and then down like he kind of had some bumps uh like up and down um in in his journey so i thought that that was really interesting because you never knew like kind of which way which way it would go mm-hmm. um and like so it it kind of kept you uh I c- it kept me personally at least uh, really engaged because i it could kind of he could because especially because i didn't know what the real story was so mm-hmm. i didn't know how big his big got and i didn't know how low his low was it, was not, it wasn't big yeah. yeah so i because i had no idea maybe this was someone who was huge and i've just never heard yeah of, yeah and he he's selling out things so i knew, didn't know how how big he could go so i thought that you know it could kind of have, have gone any way like that for me at least yeah it's so hard to watch those scenes where you're like you know because he plays so beautifully when it's just him and sybil in their tree house but then like when like, he gets on stage in new york city if like the, you know the first time he's got it a big opening gig and he just gets drunk and blows it and so hard to watch someone that's so talented throw away their talent yeah like i mean because he was a he was a, a character that like when you get to that point like i mean we like him mm-hmm. as a as, as a character so like i want i want to see him succeed i don't i don't want to see him ruin his career by getting drunk so like that that really they set that up well yeah um to make me like really kind of feel for this feel for this guy and like want to see him succeed which i think was really strong yeah, I just I, I I have a soft spot for for biopics, even when they're like <laughs> yeah. bad. Um, yeah. So this just really like hit home for me. Also, just like I've been listening to, I found out about Blaze last year um, through a friend, and I I've been a Towns Van Zandt fan, fan for a long time, but um, I've been listening to Blaze over and over again since I saw this movie, and it's just it's so sad but so beautiful, and he um, he really was a talent that that I'm glad Ethan Hawke. Somebody, I'm glad it was Ethan Hawke, but I'm glad someone finally gave him a that last word that they I gave think him he a deserved. Platform. Yeah, they gave him like they they told his story in a in a real way, and um, you know I've already noticed that his Spotify listeners have gone up. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I haven't yet, but I would I would like to be one of those one of those people adding in there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely um, like a niche form of music. It's sad, but it's mm-hmm. um, you know, it's folk music is it's important. Um, it's in, probably along with like blues the most important form of American music. I mean, it has a European roots, but like these guys and women that um, have kept this tradition going and it's not really as popular these days, obviously, but um, you know, these guys are important figures in, in um, the American music and, and what go, what happens so often in um, the history of music, particularly American music is that um, things kind of get whitewashed, things get washed, um, over and kind of painted in a, in a light um, and people that maybe don't um, deserve kind of the spotlight or the, the place in the history books end up there and the ones that you know were, were really influential or important kind of get thrown to the wayside because of what happened in their careers or whatever but through you know music and film and like the, the, our, our, our um, these platforms that we have today, like we can still find out about these people, which is which is beautiful, a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've always really liked like true story movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think always think it's cool, like when you can learn about a story that you you've never heard of before. I mean, that was like the whole basis of like Hidden Figures a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, which was like you know it's the story that you just had no idea about, um, and so like I think the, those real stories telling telling those people's stories is really important, and I think that like with movies it's like a really good way of doing that mm-hmm. what did you think of just like um just like the color and everything i feel like they captured like that mm-hmm. 70s look i don't know how they do it with the yeah i don't i don't know how to describe it like it looked the whole world was very much like his world yeah you know like it was very much the um i mean the whole thing felt folky like i mentioned before yeah and it um and it never really compromise that even when like they went to the big city mm-hmm. you know you still kind of had that frame of reference yeah um which i, I thought was a which was a really good choice yeah i think it's um, i think that's one of the biggest problems that um directors and producers face when they're doing like a biopic that's a like a a, um, a time period film you know mm-hmm. like if you're trying to capture the 70s you can't have you know like a hummer drive by or something yeah. well like they did a, a good job to uh yeah, really. I think I think they may have shot it in thirty-five millimeter. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But um, th- I mean, they did. It, they made it. They made it look like the seventies, mm-hmm. and they ma- and uh, I think that's hard to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of that goes to like um to like the sets and the costumes. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Like they all. I mean, they all looked the part too. Um, you know, not not just um. What's his name? Ben Dickey. Ben Dickey. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, no. I you thought got that's it. what it was, but I didn't want to say the wrong thing. But yeah, not just him, but you know, like all those other guys. Um, you know, Josh Hamilton, who we haven't mentioned yet. Oh yeah. He was the other guy, um, and he was great. And I, he was like the only person who I had recognized in the movie before. What is he from other, again? He's uh he's the dad in eighth grade. Oh okay. I, I haven't seen eighth grade yet. Oh well, it's very good. Yeah so yeah. yeah it. But um yeah, he's in that, and then Sam Rockwell. Is in it right for yeah, like I four for, seconds, yeah for a little bit he does a good job though yeah I love I love Sam Rockwell he's really I, good, I, I so. do too I think is um mm-hmm. but he won did he win yeah uh, he won best he supporting. won for last last year for, yeah uh, for three billboards. billboards yeah he's great man he's playing George Bush it's very George exciting. W and uh, yeah and Vice, Vice. Um, and I was just telling somebody real quick on a Sam Rockwell train I was just telling somebody today to watch Moon 
Have you seen Moon? You were telling me to watch Moon too. I and love I've had, that. It's I know, such yeah. a good movie. Yeah, I've had I've had a couple people recommend Moon, and it's on Netflix. And every time I scroll past, and I'm like, I should watch. It. I started it one time, but like mm-hmm. it was a classic. Like I started it at like 11:30 oh, yeah, and like fell asleep because it really draws you in like a little bit into it. So like you got to get past like the first like 15 20 minutes of the movie it's not very long it's like 90 minutes though yeah sam rockwell though he's getting a lot of work right yeah. now I'm, I'm happy to see it but um what were we talking about last thing with blaze i don't know we were just talking about um the the different actors oh well the, the i wanted stuff. to i wanted to mention I, I loved how they did the um you were saying that the costuming was was good too oh yeah and i think that um you know, Blaze is like one of his nicknames was uh, the duct tape messiah. Cause oh he yeah, did that whole like duct tape thing to make fun of the um, like the urban cowboy craze in like the seventies and eighties where people had like all the like silver tipped cowboy boots and lapels and stuff. But yeah. instead, he just put duct tape on his yeah. his jackets and his boots and stuff. He was yeah. an interesting, interesting. Well, cat. And, and that was cool because like they mentioned that at a specific time and then they showed that. Yeah. But then like it was also there throughout the whole movie, so it, it didn't like go away after they stopped really talking about it. Mm-hmm. So like really was a continuous thread too. Yeah, and then also I, I remember um, watching an Ethan Hawke interview. Uh, I watched a few <laughs> um, uh, about this because I was really excited when I saw the movie about Blaze. And that Ethan Hawke was directing it because I like his work. Um, but he was also saying that, like, you know, biopics can kind of get tricky because, like, you know, you try to, like, you can't really tell a person's life all in, you know, one in, mm-hmm. in an hour and a half yeah. or whatever. Um, you, you just can't do it. And then you can't hire, like, it's, you kind of lose a little bit of the magic if you hire, like, a younger actor to play them at a younger time or something. But I think mm-hmm. the way that they managed to capture, like, the essence of, kind of his entire life i mean you meet his oh yeah his his father who's in an institution and his sister and everything you get a feel for what his life has been yeah. like but but he they do manage to tell all the important stuff in an hour and a half so yeah and, and he, he looks like uh, like you were just mentioning with like getting a younger actor like when he's younger he looks younger and as he as he gets older like you know he has a different beard and he he looks a little bit more kind of rough for wear when he's when he should be, and like I think right. the, like those kind of little things are always kind of important to add up to make it not just the, the actor's performance, but um, showing that like that's where he is in his life and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's also important to mention because you were talking about the the romantic quality of it. Oh yeah, I think this I think it was also co-written by um, Sybil oh, yes. Rose and herself. Yes, who was I, saw, uh, I did see that. Who was Blaze's um, ex-wife, and. Um, I read that she was like hugely important, obviously, yeah. and um, had a, a big hand in deciding, you know, not necessarily deciding, but helping the actors, um, Ben Dickey and Alia Shawkat, kind of get into the that tone um, of how their lifestyle was mm-hmm. and how it was like it was like a, a conflicting relationship in a lot of ways because they, you know, Blaze was a character and Sybil was an independent, um, powerful woman who's an, uh, an actress and artist mm-hmm. in her own right so like this that that quality i think was it was a hugely important for her sybil herself to be there probably yeah. hard for her to watch that whole thing oh happen gosh. yeah but probably very trippy though you yeah know? well she i wasn't it it was based off the the book she wrote book, about yeah. him too which was well which was cool too yeah i, I, I guess what, one thing I, I i remember noticing just uh, in the credits and stuff and i thought like oh yeah like that's super important making sure the story is told right um, which make, makes me feel like what I, I saw in the movie was a good representation of this person who, again, I don't really super know super well, but since she was uh, a big kind of factor in making it, that it makes me feel like, oh, this is, they did the story justice, mm-hmm. even if I don't know the story for sure. Yeah, I know, I, I know that a lot of um, 
like I don't know if you've ever seen like the doors the biopic about no. the doors but oh, like yeah. you know the, a lot of those guys had problems with like how they were portrayed or how yeah. Jim Morrison was portrayed or whatever but um to have the very person like who lived that yeah. that that life on set and uh, in the like having her writing there makes it that much um, mm-hmm. more valid yeah I mean that's the thing with like books being made of movies all the time mm-hmm. and stuff like that where like if you can get the author involved and make sure like their vision is is what's being realized like that's really what's mo- most important uh, I think and, and even like uh, I just remember like seeing something with like First Man that just came out mm-hmm. and they had like Neil Armstrong's sons involved with that just okay. making sure like they, they tell those stories what about Buzz was Buzz involved I don't know if he's probably gonna shortchange Buzz again like he always does he's well I don't know they kind of did did uh, you see it? Yes. Oh, yes. Because you were talking about you love Ryan Gosling. I do love Ryan Gosling. I did see. It. I saw it uh, on my birthday. Uh, did my you birthday dig was it? last weekend. Yes, it was. It was good. Um, did they shortchange Buzz? No, I mean they sh- showed him on the moon. They did the whole thing. Okay. Um, and he was like a character in his own right. Okay. Um, but like they had a whole bit of like maybe he and Neil didn't get along at first. So oh, it was okay. like a kind of a whole arc with that, but. Um, yeah, that's a good movie. You should check it out. Yeah, let me check it out. Wait, who, that's um, it was Damien Chazelle. Damien right? Chazelle, who I love, um, like so much. Um, yeah, but it so wasn't. So not okay, to go, we'll, we'll go, we'll go on a tangent for a second. H- yes. How does it rank amongst? It's the worst one. It is the worst. I thought it was gonna be okay, but it's not bad. It's just like La La Land and Whiplash. I think Whiplash is the are best so one. good. Yeah, I mean, I, both of those are I think in like in my like top ten favorite movies. So mm-hmm. like it's to say that First Man isn't as good as either of those isn't like any real knock on, on it but yeah um, i think he's just ambitious as hell like yeah. every movie he's done has not been like comfortable yeah well i think I, I don't think he i you can correct me if I'm wrong, i don't think he wrote first man i think he wrote okay um whiplash and la la land but yeah. i don't think he wrote that would make sense um first man because it didn't seem it didn't seem like a movie that he would write when yeah I saw so that it's, he was it's a little bit it. more kind of straight down the line than um than those other ones but i i, I do I mean, I, there's definitely bits, like, especially uh, cinematography-wise, that you can tell it's Damien Chazelle. Um, and, like, also um, the way he does endings mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, he's really good at, it, at really ending at the right time for you to think about the movie afterwards, um, I think. So, like, it doesn't end, like, with everything tied up nice and perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, it doesn't do that in Whiplash. It obviously doesn't do that in La La Land. So, like, it... Um, and I think, like, in, even in First Man, it doesn't, like necessarily end in a, in a nice little bow cool yeah i mean life doesn't end in a nice little exactly. bow most of the time wait can we like actually, it does in blaze well i was just gonna say can we talk about like the ending 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 yeah i don't know at, at what level of spoilers we're, we're supposed no, to no you can i mean okay because i thought that was really weird that was like the one thing wait so i haven't seen it in like two weeks so reminding me exactly okay, so, what so i remember goes, getting shot okay so she goes to the cemetery Right, right, oh, and she right. has the whole scene, and yes, that's a good scene. A weird and ending. then there's the random dude at the end who has like one little line. I loved it. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be someone who I knew who it was, or like no. some sort of person who took inspiration from him. I just thought that was like super weird. No, he was just a guy. He was just the graveyard guy, the graveyard. Yeah, I mean, because he's just like life goes on, and then it did. No, he's like um, Something no, he like says that. uh, so so the end like you know, Blaze is dead. Sybil goes to visit his grave. Um, and starts planting a tree there. She gets yelled at by um, the kind of caretaker of the yeah. graveyard. And then, you know, she's apologizing. And as he's walking away, he goes, sorry about your troubles. Oh, yeah. But we all got them. Yeah. And then it just ends. That's like, I just thought that was super weird. It was weird, but I liked it, honestly, because, like, 
I think it kind of like it was funny and it was a sad like it was a sad ending like Blaze gets murdered mm-hmm. and you know and their, his marriage failed and like it was a pretty sad ending but then like there's this like kind of funny little thing at the end like this funny little quip about like the fact that like we all got problems yeah but I think it was I think like it was true to Blaze's like weird funny yeah no philosophical I, I do think spirit. that yeah and I like it's not like it shouldn't have been like I understand why it's there and that whole kind of thing. I just like it kind of threw me for a loop because I was like, not definitely. Expect- like I kind of expected, since like a lot of the the parts that I especially thought was the most interesting was like the stuff with him and Sybil. So I thought that like it would end on that note. So yeah. when it didn't, I was like, what? But um, that's something I wanted to bring up because that was like, especially because it's right at the end. It was like something I remember like really thinking about right after. And I saw yeah. that I saw it like two days ago too. So yeah. it's pretty it's pretty fresh uh, in my mind. Well, thanks for reminding me because I I forgot about that. Yeah. And that was so <laughs> I I liked it. I think there's probably some people in Ethan Hawke's ear being like, Are you sure you want to yeah. do like this? Yeah. But um, okay, yeah. Wait, what a strange what, ending. Um, what of his songs is your favorite? Because I think I have one, having not listened to any of his music outside of the movie. Okay. Um, but I want to know what your favorite one is. Um, okay, I have two because I think like Clay Pigeons, and I think uh, I think we should play a song. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do okay. it after this. But um, I think Clay Pigeons, even though this is most famous, it's just so good. Yeah. Um, so I love Clay Pigeons, but I think, and like maybe my. Oh, Man, I made a three. And <laughs> I, I really love big cheeseburgers and good French fries. Uh-huh. And I also love cold, cold world. But I think those three. I mean, I I'm the worst at picking like favorite yeah. anything because I every you know everything's different. But um, sure. I would if I had if someone said I'm about to go listen to Boys Floyd, which I listen to, I'd That's say I think that would it would kind of embody his his humor, his sorrow, and his uh, you know just his essence okay so i don't know anything about this right but the one that i remember while i was watching the movie like striking me the hardest or like really and that could have been part of the movie or could have been the song itself but it was the one again i don't know the name so this is kind of weird but uh it's i think it was like i should be home with you he like writes it on the walls which one's what's the name of that i think it's just uh should have been home with you because i like was super into that song like that was the one that i came out of the of the movie being like i want to listen to his music now because um, of that song. Well, let's we'll play that one. And we'll play um we won't play Blaze's version. We'll play Ben Dickey's version. Oh, awesome. Do they uh, does he, is there like a, a whole soundtrack? Yeah, they actually put the, before the movie even um came to the Athena. Oh, uh, wow. they had the soundtrack out. I mean, the movie was out and yeah. like in in um and like limited release and stuff. But that's cool. I I should listen to that too Yeah, they got the and, and like compare and, and it's different cuz a lot of Blaze Blaze didn't make a lot of music in his life as he saw in the movie. He kind of like only had a few opportunities to actually record his stuff. So a lot of it that it's on Spotify. Some of it's produced well, a lot of it's not. Yeah. Um, I love the stuff that's not produced technically well either. It's got like a, you know, very like down home quality to it. Yeah. But the stuff that's on the soundtrack is Ben Dickey obviously singing the stuff as Blaze. But they have a whole band behind it, and it's produced really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's play. Uh, we don't have to listen to the whole thing, but I'll play a little bit. Little bit of "Should Have Been Home with You" by Blaze Foley, performed by Ben Dickey.
dancing young lady worked at the bar. Dozen long ranges don't know where they are. Waitress was spinning, my head was a jar. I should have been home with you. Sorry, an old drunk man dancing around. Thought his gray whiskers must have been brown. Ida Lupino wouldn't keep her dress down. I should have been home with you. The band rock and roll, but it was not the best. Nearly all of them all look like the bears. Some girls look pretty, but you were the best. That's why I came home to you. I love it. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, man, he's great. Uh, uh, I, I definitely would say that that movie really made me want to listen to more stuff. So I got to do that for sure. Yeah, I would definitely say um, uh, to everybody and also just to you, Ben, mm-hmm. um, I would check out his like his stuff. Like I think it's, I like listening to the soundtrack, but like it's definitely important to listen to the originals. Right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, Ben Dickey really like round of applause yeah. to him because he I mean for a first time actor to put to fill those those shoes like I said that's that's a big thing and I, I mean I like I have this weird thing where, like I almost like I would I want him to act more yeah. but I also like don't <laughs> I don't yeah. want to well, just, he's like, a great singer so yeah I know yeah and I th- apparently he kind of I think he had, like, had a, his band recently broke up or something so he was kind of in the spot he was like working in a kitchen when, like when he got the job I think right. <clears throat> so like it's great I mean he's got the the big deal for him career wise but I like I kind of like only can see him as Blaze now so I'm, if he does act again then maybe him and Ethan will act or maybe Ethan will direct something again with him in it but I'm interested to see because he definitely has chops yeah I agree um, oh, I, I wanted to ask because I don't actually know real quick mm-hmm. what other movies has Ethan Hawke directed because I've seen him in stuff but I don't know if I've I'm aware of what he's directed. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I oh, give, yeah, give it a Google. Let's um, give it a Google. Uh, I just thought you might you might know off the top of your head. If he has done anything, it, it's definitely not been big, and it hasn't been like no, it doesn't seem to have been pushed very hard. If he did direct anything, this might be his directorial debut. Oh, well, because that's what that's why I was asking because it might. I hadn't ever heard it that he had. To, okay, so let's see, he had. A few things that I've never heard of. Okay. So he has he did a documentary in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the hottest state two thousand six, Chelsea Walls in two thousand one, and then a couple of shorts. Okay, so probably so, probably small like art house films. Yeah, but documentary. Obviously. This is I mean it seems like his biggest um, thing he's he's directed before. Definitely his biggest like. feature. Yeah. And I, I mean I think he he really did a great job. So. Yeah, I think he. Um, I mean, I think you have a unique perspective as being, um, I mean, Ethan Hawke has been in the business since he was like 16 or something. So I think you definitely have like um, an interesting perspective being an actor. You probably take it from a different angle, but I loved his his work. I'm excited to see more from him behind the camera. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, um, but these biopics are just like popping out left and right. Yeah, there's there's a ton of them like that are coming out now and then in in the future too. I heard... um, I, I, now I've seen conflicting things because on the internet it's just been getting panned. Uh, a Star is Born, people are just writing bad reviews. Really? About it. 
But um, have you seen it? Yeah, I really liked it. Okay, I, you know, I was and, everyone and I've, I've talked heard, to really liked it. And I've heard, I've heard actually mostly good things on the internet. So that's weird okay. that you have have seen a lot of negative stuff because I've seen mostly really positive stuff. I've honestly, I mean, I might be exaggerating, but I feel like I've only seen like two or three headlines, and I didn't even read that because I, I typically don't like to give that much credence to yeah. reviews online because they tend to be, especially like Vice. I saw one, and like Vice tends to be pretty sensational. Yeah. Well, um, you want? I mean, it's no fun to write a review that's like, "Hey, it was okay." Yeah. So like, if if it's good, you're like, "This is the best thing ever." Or I, I trust RogerEbert.com oh, because I always liked Roger Ebert, obviously, but um. Like even like Rotten Tomatoes, I feel like all those things are just paid by the big production companies. Well, Rotten anyways. Tomatoes is is not is a super weird situation because like I mean th- that's a big thing now is like I mean this is a whole other thing for another right. day. But they with the audience scores being so different than the critics scores right. and throwing a, a lot of that stuff off. So I mean it's yeah, always, it's, I, it's always a crazy situation. With all yeah, I think it's just the the general rule of thumb that I try to go by and that probably everybody should go by is that you, if your movie looks good, you should just go see Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I I I would say that there is very little there are very few times that if you are interested in seeing a movie that you shouldn't go mm-hmm. like worst case scenario if it's not good you can learn something from it or it's something you can talk about or it's something or you can yeah. leave yeah i mean i don't i would never i've never walked out of a movie. i have not once ever lo- walked out of a movie i cannot ever see myself ever doing it i almost did what was that movie with like amanda seyfried i think it was and she like got the crazy roommate it was like back when we were in like middle school or something. It was terrible, man. <laughs> she like put like she like puts her like college roommate's kitten in a washing machine or oh dryer. Yeah, it was no, awful. I, I almost walked it. out, but I was like, I paid like ten bucks. For well, this. The, the thing is, right? E- even if you're seeing the worst movie, like, don't you want to see what bad, like, what other bad stuff it can do? Yeah, and I and, like a lot of bad movies. And and also like, to me personally, as someone who like really likes to talk about movies and stuff, like, if I walk out. Then I wouldn't get to know a like the ending, which is one of the more important parts of mm-hmm. it, and two like, just like, if there's a bunch of stuff that I can point out as these are the individual points why I didn't like this movie, then I have more to work with. But if I only watch the first, you know, half seventy five percent, then like, what am I? I don't have all those points that I can even make about it. So I feel like I couldn't even judge because I didn't even see the whole movie. Well, I watched one hundred percent of Blaze, and I really liked okay, it. Okay, that's and that's what and. Yeah, it's not going to be out here for too much longer. Probably as when this comes out, it might not be out. Yeah, here. it's not going to be out much longer in Athens, Ohio, but I think, you know, it should be. It should be out and around, and um, I'd imagine that it, it won't take too long to get to streaming if you miss it. So I imagine. It's, it's definitely something to check out. Uh, if you miss it, check out some music in the meantime. Um yeah, that's all I have to say. Absolutely, I agree with you 100%, Ben. I think that uh, everybody should listen to Blaze Foley. Um, everybody should go see this movie. Um, so I think that kind of wraps it up. That wraps it up. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I that was one of my uh, favorite movies recently. Yeah. So um, I, think, uh, I think I'm going to go see A Star is Born. You I'm, should. I'm in the mood for mo- movie um, or music movies right yeah, now. Yeah, you should absolutely um, go see it. I mean, I think that... It's going to be a, uh, a hugely talked about movie this year. So at the very least, um, I've just heard that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga have have oh, they're, performances. They're really, really good in it. Um, yeah, like not even in relation to like the quality of the movie. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth seeing. It's not like didn't destroy me or anything. But I, you know, I think the two of them in that movie are really good. Um, just as a real quick, I have the, uh, my little running. Um, 
tally of my 2018 ranked just as I watch stuff I throw it on here Ooh. Um, I, there's 34 movies on this list of 2018 um, yeah wow seems kind of but that's a lot um, thank you I do my best I try to go see everything um, but Wait, that have come out this year yeah you've seen 38 movies that have come out 34 34 just in 2018 yeah that have for come real? out in 2018 wait I need to I'm gonna scoot over and look at this yeah list. it's on it's on my letterbox um, that I use but sorry um, about the mic movement I, I currently have uh, Blaze at number 7 um, that's pretty high yeah so it's it's really good what's the number 1 uh, Searching oh my god I love I Searching so much it's so good I, I mean some of these this is like my, how much I personally liked a lot of this stuff but um, at the bottom is Hotel Transylvania 3 really bad um, what did what did Blaze knock out um, it, it's just one place higher than A Star Is Born. Oh, you see, you liked it more than A Star Is Born. Yeah. Hot take. That's so I think many that, hot takes from men tonight. I I love giving me a a, a big Ooh, hot sorry. take. But my biggest hot take from that is that Searching is still currently for me the best movie of the year. Okay, and everyone well, needs to go see noted. Searching. Well, everyone go see Searching. Everybody go see A Star Is Born. Everybody go see Blaze. Absolutely. I think next week we're going to talk about Halloween movies. Yeah, we get it's that time. Heck yeah. Okay. Well, um, farewell, everybody. Thanks for dealing with the tangents and such that we have. I mean, we're having fun. Such is life. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, I think that pretty much uh, wraps it up. See you next time.